Today's reading is from Matthew chapter 12. I'm starting to read at verse 15. It's quite a long passage, and I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Jesus knew what they were planning, so he left that area and many people followed him. He healed all the sick among them, but he warned them not to reveal who he was. And this fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah concerning him. Look at my spirit whom I've chosen. He is my beloved who pleases me. I will put my spirit upon him. He will proclaim justice to the nations. He will not fight or shout or raise his voice in public. He will not crush the weakest reed or put out a flickering candle. Finally, he will cause justice to be victorious and his name will be the hope of all the world. You could preach a sermon on that alone, couldn't you? Then a demon-possessed man who was blind and couldn't speak was brought to Jesus. He healed the man so that he could speak and see. And the crowd were amazed and said, Could it be that Jesus is the son of David, the Messiah? But when the Pharisees heard about the miracle, they said, No wonder he can cast out demons. He gets his power from Satan, the prince of demons. Jesus knew their thoughts and replied, Any kingdom divided by civil war is doomed. A town or family splintered by feuding will fall apart. So if Satan is casting out Satan, he's divided and fighting against himself. His own kingdom will not survive. And if I'm empowered by Satan, what about your own exorcists? They cast out demons, so they will condemn you for what you've said. But if I'm casting out demons by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has arrived among you. For who is powerful enough to enter the house of a strong man and plunder his goods? Only someone even stronger, someone who could tie him up and then plunder his house. Anyone who isn't with me opposes me. Anyone who isn't working with me is actually working against me. So I tell you, every sin and blasphemy can be forgiven, except blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. That'll never be forgiven. Anyone who speaks against the Son of Man can be forgiven. But if anyone speaks against the Holy Spirit, they will never be forgiven, either in this world or the world to come. A tree is identified by its fruit. If a tree is good, its fruit will be good. If a tree is bad, its fruit will be bad. You brood of snakes, how could evil men like you speak what is good and right? For whatever is in your heart determines what you say. A good person produces good things from a treasury of a good heart. An evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. And I tell you this, you must give an account on judgment day for every idle word you speak. The words you say will either acquit you or condemn you. Pretty serious words, really, before you preach a sermon, aren't they? Shall we bow our heads in prayer? Lord Jesus, I pray that my words will be a blessing and that you will speak to us through them. Amen. 
It's every preacher's nightmare to look at the clock and see it's 10 to 11 and to realise that you've got a good 45-minute sermon lined up for people. (laughs) So we're continuing our studies in Matthew's Gospel, and I've called this sermon, Careless Talk Costs Lives. And uh, I want to take you to a very unfavourite place of mine, Junction 10 on the M25. It's the, it's the A3 junction. And some of you may know it's a complete and utter mess at the moment. Um, it takes you hours to get through it. They're rebuilding the junction in what apparently is the busiest section of motorway in, in Britain. And the sign says, encouragingly, complete summer 2025. I talked to Charlie about um, uh, the sermon today, and he said, at the rate we're going through Matthew's Gospel, that is going to be about the time that we'll finish getting through it. So, although this passage is full of interesting and serious things, and I have three points to make, will you forgive me in the interest of time that I only make two of them? So I'm just going to move through what would have been good stuff. And say this. Uh, The sermon's quite a lot about words, about careless words. And apparently, I read, each of us uh, speak uh, 11 million words a year. Actually, if you were to come to our home group, I could introduce you to a group of people who would easily beat that average. And I did the calculations myself and reckoned that by my age, I must have spoken 759 million words. Please don't do the calculation um, in your heads. And um, I mean, of course, our words should be used to build up people and to encourage them and uh, to give them confidence and so on. But so often they aren't. I mean, I've put some pictures up here of people who have desperately misused words over the last few years, uh, President Putin and Donald Trump. But, you know, you've only got to tune into the COVID inquiry this week just to see the very unstatesmanlike comments that have been made on WhatsApp by the people we've elected as our leaders. And my daughter, who's a teacher in a school, would say... Some of the words used in social media, some of the words used uh, as hate language between pupils are utterly horrible. Uh, We're right to be careful about what we say. Careless talk. Jesus says in this passage, you must give an account on judgment day of every idle word that you speak. Now, I don't know about you, I, I... Well, that would be pretty serious because uh, I can be measured in the things that I say, but, you know, idle words, casual comments, if I have to give an account on Judgment Day for those, I'll be very sad. James says, you know, you could tame everything, an animal, uh, a reptile, a bird, but you can't tame the tongue. And Jesus said in this passage something that I think is is sad but true, that what comes out of our mouths often reflects what's in our hearts. And, um, you know, look at a tree. If it's got bad fruit, there's something wrong with the tree. If it's got good fruit, that reflects well of the tree. And how true it is of us that our words reflect something about us. So, I've invented this monomic for you to help us all before we speak. 
Now, it was my father who said, it's always better to be thought an idiot than to open your mouth and remove all doubt. Um, And uh, this is a slightly different take on this, but I think we should all think before we speak. And so firstly, is what we're saying true? I mean, we should, Christians, should be people who are, are people of our word. We should say yes when we mean yes and no when we mean no. And if we say we're going to do something, we should do it. And we shouldn't gossip. Because gossip is often not true or not verified. Somebody once said, there's something more difficult than unscrambling an egg, and that is to unspread a rumour. So, is it true? And is it helpful? You know, when my wife says, you've got toothpaste on your cheek, which I hope I haven't, um, that's helpful. When she says, I think you've gained weight a bit recently, that's, <laughs> that's, a, bit, that's a bit less than helpful. So, you know, let's say things to each other which are helpful. And let's say things which are inspiring. Now, you can't always be inspiring. And you may be thinking, well, that's certainly true of your sermon, Rick. But we can at least be encouraging. We can encourage one another. I spend quite a lot of my professional life giving feedback to people. Would you believe about their presentation skills? And um, I'm always trying to be encouraging. I mean, even if they're terrible. Because, because from the encouragement comes confidence to help them to be better. I hope you'll follow the same guidelines if you want to give me feedback about this sermon. And is it necessary? When I was younger, I was even blunter than I am today. And I do remember going into somebody's house, and over the mantelpiece they had this enormous picture, awful picture. And I said to them, why have you ever put that there? What a dreadful picture that is. Never thinking that perhaps they might have quite liked it, and that's why they put it over the mantelpiece, which, of course, is what they told me. I did reflect afterwards. Was it necessary for me to say that? I mean, I think you know the answer, really. And then, is it kind? I mean, it certainly wasn't kind for me to comment on the picture, although can I say that, in truth, it was a terrible picture? So at least that bit was right. I mean, sometimes, sometimes, it's better to be kind than to be right. So... Over coffee, um, during the week, just think before you speak. Because Jesus says careless words will one day be judged on the day of judgment. Well, I want to take some of my own medicine now and talk about the first part of the passage with these lovely words of encouragement. Jesus, or Matthew rather, is quoting uh, the book of Isaiah. And he's particularly quoting Isaiah 42.3. It's one of my favorite texts. Jesus says, He will not break the bruised reed, nor quench the dimly burning flame. You know, I look out on a sea of faces, and I know many of you. And those of you online, of course, I might know some of you too. But I don't know what's going on inside your hearts. I don't know if you've come here this morning with a heavy heart. I don't know if you've come with sadness or illness or worry or desperation. But I know this, that Jesus says he is with us in all of these situations. And he has come to save us, not to condemn us. I remember speaking on this passage to a group of students a long time ago. 
And you know, it was interesting because you always think students in their 20s are happy and settled and confident. Not at all. And they found great comfort, as I do, in this verse. Um, Because it tells us something about Jesus, which is lovely and true. You know, I've just read a book, and it's here. And it's by an American called Dane Ortland. And Dane Ortland says, there are 89 chapters in the gospel, and only at one, in the gospels rather, and only at one point does Jesus talk about his own character. And it's in Matthew 11, 29. We heard a sermon on it just two weeks ago. Jesus says, come unto me, all who are weary and carry burdens, and I will give you rest. Let me teach you, for I am gentle and lowly, and you will find rest for your souls. Gentle and lowly, those are the only words that Jesus uses ever to describe his own character. Um, Dane Ortland said, if Jesus had a website, the About Me page would have a drop-down and it would say, gentle and lowly. And I think that's rather lovely. It means that Jesus is open, welcoming, accommodating, kind, gentle and lowly. And I find that very encouraging because in this passage there are harsh words, but it's all in the context of Jesus' character. So let me finish by saying this, that whatever we're going through, the ups and the downs of life, and in my experience, they're sometimes at the same time. The good stuff and the bad stuff's happening on the same day. It's, you know, you, as I did this morning, have a text from a friend of mine who's um, just going through chemotherapy. And at the same time, there's some great news and, you know, I'm looking forward to something. They happen at the same time. Whatever's happening for you, Jesus is with you. I was um, very uh, helped uh, years ago by the teachings of John Wimber. Many of you will have been to heard John Wimber speak, read John Wimber's books. He founded the Vineyard Church, a good guy and an inspirational speaker and a cancer sufferer. And he talks you know, about the experience of having throat cancer and having very targeted radiotherapy, awful process. John Wimber said... You know, I lay there on this bed in hospital or on an operating theatre and there's this machine above me and I'm literally pinned down and I've got this mask over my face and I'm perspiring and I'm frightened and it's awful. And he said, you know, Jesus, where are you in all this? And he felt Jesus saying, John, I'm under the mask with you. So, good people of Vessels Green... It's always good when a preacher gets to the end of his sermon. Let me summarise what Matthew 12 is about. There are some harsh words which you heard about blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. Something which, if you're worried about it, you don't need to be. Because it almost certainly says you've not committed it. There are some strong words about the idle comments that we make. And I've encouraged us all to think before we speak. And there are some beautiful words of encouragement about Jesus, gentle and lowly, who will not break a bruised reed or quench a dimly burning flame. 
You know, the Holy Spirit, I sometimes think, is like a seed that God places in our hearts. And as it grows, it blesses us and it blesses the people around us. And that's what we'll learn about in Matthew 13. Let's pray. Lord, thank you that you are gentle and lowly. Thank you that you are with us in all our circumstances, whatever we face. Thank you that you love us and help us to remember you when we speak. Amen.